You are listening to episode eight of Steamy Stories. I am Jen Wadke, your host and author. Oh, it's the first week back to work after Christmas holidays, and I have not had enough vacation. I'm procrastinating in my recording date of this <laughs> this episode. And I'm still a little sick, so there'll be a few more pauses than usual because I need to uh, continue to take a sip of something hot to soothe my throat this early in the morning, (laughs) the day before this podcast is going to be posted. So uh, half of it's my own fault, but God, I wish it was over this stupid cold that keeps nagging on and on. Anyway, enough about me. Let's get into the story. I'm not recapping anymore. Everybody's fucking. That's where we are. That's what this is about. Okay. Chapter 12. Gabrielle is boss. Gabrielle breathed a prayer of thanks as the elevator doors opened into the penthouse. Dumping her work bag on the floor, she grabbed a bottle of wine, uncorked it, and sloshed a large amount into the glass. Taking the bottle with her, she collapsed onto the sofa and drank deeply, trying to erase the shitty week. For the first time, she'd misread a client, providing entertainment that didn't impress. She'd spent the rest of the week running herself ragged, trying to make amends with the client and her bosses. She desperately needed a hot bath, a steaming bowl of ramen, a good cry, and trashy reality TV. She chugged the much-needed glass of wine, poured herself another, then headed to the kitchen and started making her favorite ramen. Shun was away filming. A thrill of guilty pleasure ran through Gabrielle. This was the first time she'd had the apartment to herself. She missed Shun and knew she'd ache for him when she woke up alone in the morning, but tonight she was glad for the privacy. Wallowing in her mizzy with no one trying to cheer her up or take her out would be perfect. She pulled handmade noodles out of the fridge, considered, and then dumped an extra portion into her soup. She deserved it. Along with the wine. Shun refilled the cooler as often as she emptied it, never once commenting on her penchant for drinking $300 bottles. Her phone beeped. It was a text from Kenta. Are you almost here? Should I start dinner? God damn it. She forgot she was supposed to go to Kenta's. In her foul mood, the thought of being around people, even Kenta, made her cringe. I have to cancel, she replied. Not a minute after sending, her phone rang. She picked up reluctantly. What do you mean, cancel? Kenta asked. We made plans. You should be here by now. I can't come over. Tonight's a bad night. She managed to keep the irritation out of her voice. So many people had demanded her time this week, and she was tired of it. Logically, Kenta wasn't one of those people, but she let her bad mood cloud her judgment. Why? You're done with work, you're free, and you're supposed to come here. His voice was soft but edged with tension. Well, now I can't. Yes, you can. You've just decided not to. I can't come. She hung up. Pissed, he called her out on her bad behavior. Another text came in. You came here. You come here or I will come to you. You pick. We made plans. Honor them. Her moon darkened even further at Kenta's bossy text. She'd confirmed with him true, but God, wasn't she allowed to be human? Seriously, it would be better for them both if she just stayed home. Fine. He wanted her to honor her commitment? Fine. She shoved the half-made ramen back into the fridge and called a cab. She stomped to the bedroom. That at least felt good, she thought. 
changed out of her work clothes and into yoga pants and a sweatshirt. Yes, sir. Coming, sir. She fired the text to Kenta. She forced herself into pleasant mode as she headed down to catch her cab. Her polite facade fell away the moment she knocked at Kenta's place. He yanked the door open, his own anger bubbling below the surface. Gabrielle was vindicated to see his rebuke die on his lips as he surveyed her face. Instead, he silently stepped aside to let her in. I made dinner, he said. Two bowls of steaming ramen sat on the counter. Not hungry, she scowled at him. I poured you a glass of wine if you want it, he replied. She grabbed the wine and gulped, glaring daggers at him. You couldn't just let me have a quiet night to myself. I had a shitty fucking week. All I want to do is be alone. He nodded, put away the ramen she refused, and sat down to eat. Sorry, I lost my spot. I had to shift. My foot fell asleep. Ah, she re refilled her wine. Of course she did. <laughs> She's kind of like my soul sister. Uh, flounced to the couch and flipped on the TV. Her resentment grew with the realization that he didn't subscribe to the English channel she'd, be planning, she'd been planning on watching. Signaling her disapproval with a grunt, she still didn't want to talk to him. She settled on a badly hacked melodrama. Kenta finished his dinner and tidied up the kitchen. Wordlessly, he went to the couch and set the wine bottle on the coffee table within easy reach. He curled into the opposite corner and put his attention to the melodrama Gabrielle chose. They watched in science for a while until a sappy sadness gave her an excuse to release all the stress and, and all the stress and tension from the week, and she started crying. Kenta inched, inched towards her, pulling her into his chest and wrapped his arms around her while her body shook with sobbing. I'm all right. He cinched his arm a little tighter, kissed her neck, and murmured into her ear to let it out. She did, tears streaming down her cheeks and breath coming in gulps and gasps. Her sobs finally receded to sniffles, and soon she cried out. That made no sense. Fucking editor. Soon she was all cried out. That makes sense. Kenta started massaging some of the kinks out of her shoulders. The, tensant, the tension slowly eased out of her body and her psyche. I'm sorry, she said. Shh, it's fine. Do you want your dinner now? He asked, still rubbing her shoulders. Yes, please. He nudged her away and stood. He picked up the bottle of wine. Refill? She nodded and he filled both glasses, taking the empty bottle to the kitchen where he reheated Gabrielle's dinner. He paused to fiddle with his cell phone, then brought dinner to Gabrielle on the couch and sat beside her while she ate. This is quite good, she said. I'm glad you're enjoying it. She slurped the ramen down, even most of the broth. He took her empty bowl to the kitchen before returning to the couch and snuggling up behind her. Handing her the remote, he picked up his wine and sipped. What do you want to watch? She asked. Up to you. There's not a ton on. Nothing strikes your fancy? I have no intention of making any decision around you tonight, not even the TV show, he replied. All right, then. I'll pick. She flipped through the channels, nothing catching her interest, until she flicked to a virus concert. She stopped. He tensed against her, but said nothing. How about this? She asked. Whatever you want. She didn't quite buy his agreement. You sure? I've never seen virus in concert. I don't like watching myself. 
Besides, if you want to experience one of our concerts, you should do it live. The camera has never been able to capture the energy of the audience. Okay. Gabrielle kept flipping. He'd put up with enough from her tonight. She wouldn't make him endure a virus concert. Her attention shifted from the TV to the body behind her. She stretched, arching and grinding slightly onto him. No reaction. She forced his legs open more so that she pressed into his lap, wiggling against his cock. His breath hitched, but he gave no other indication she was affecting him. You don't want to play tonight? She stretched back, head resting on his shoulder. Her tongue flicked his ear as she waited for his reply. I told you, I'm not making any decisions tonight. You want something? You tell me explicitly, and I'll do it. I see. Well, for starters, I want your hands on my boobs. He cupped both breasts over the top of her shirt. No, your hands on my skin. He slipped his hands under her top, letting both breasts sit in his hands. Nipples, she said. He grazed her nipples with his thumbs. Gabrielle understood this game. She could play it. Tease them. Circles, tapping, rubbing, light pinches, mix it up. He complied. Sudden, devious, dirty inspiration hit Gabrielle. He thought his refusal to make a decision would result in her issuing exact directions as to what she wanted him to do to her, but she had a different idea. Put a couple fingers in my mouth. Kenta slid two fingers into her mouth. She rolled her head back onto his shoulder and made eye contact, sucking so hard her cheeks hollowed out. She smiled as much as she could when his jaw clenched, sure he was remembering the feel of her mouth on his cock, which was her intention. Bad mood entirely gone, Gabrielle anticipated his shock when she turned the tables on him. One finger on my clit, feather light, up and down, rest your other hand on my throat. Slowly, he followed her instructions. She relaxed and let him work her, thoroughly enjoying herself. A little faster, she said. He sped up. She let him get her close to orgasm and then abruptly said, Stop. Taken by surprise, it took him a moment, but he stopped. She stood, fixed her clothing, and strolled to the kitchen to open a new bottle of wine. She poured herself a small glass, deliberately not offering him any. His suspicion was evident on his face, but he said nothing. She flopped into the large armchair across from the couch. Take everything off, she said. He rose from the couch with his trademark grace. His fingers caught the hem of his shirt, sliding it up and over his head, never breaking eye contact. He tossed the shirt to the side, then moved to his belt, pulling the leather free from, the pants, from his pants and throwing it on top of his shirt. Then he slowly pulled down his zipper and slid his pants off. Last, he slowly rolled his briefs down his legs and stepped out of them. She was pleased that he stood in front of her and waited for her next set of instructions. He was catching on to her game. The silence became deep, alive, and full of new potential. The anger and tension that had been present at Ur... Fuck! <sighs> Goddamn editor. The anger and tension that had been present earlier was completely gone, replaced by new electric possibilities. Gabrielle's words were barely a whisper. She didn't want to break the spell. All right, sit down. He fluidly settled onto the couch. They contemplated each other. Make yourself hard, she said. No, 
he replied. No? She questioned. Why not? You're not shy. I want to watch you. No. Okay. A peculiar quiet radiated off of her. So you can dish it, but you can't take it. Game over for tonight, then. We both lose. He froze. She stood and walked to the kitchen, pouring her half-full glass of wine in the sink. I'll call a cab. She collected her purse and coat. Stop, he said. Stop? I shouldn't go? No, don't go. Stay. Are you sure, she asked? Yes. She sauntered back to the armchair and settled in. This is hard, he said. I've never allowed anyone to ask me to do this before. Oh, I know it's hard, she said. I've been helpless in front of you, remember? Kenta nodded. I would love to be the first person you do this for. Watching you is an insane turn-on, and you know it, don't you? You court the attention, like to make me suffer a little, but only when you're dealing it out? You don't want me to look at you the way I want to? Why? I'm watched all the time. Every time I step outside, people are watching me. I know it happens, but I'm so used to it sometimes I don't even notice. But this is different. It's not for entertainment. It's letting you in, letting you see everything. There's nothing private left. Is that why you like being in control? So you don't have to let people see you? Really see you? The person, not the pop star? As she said the words, she began to understand his reluctance. He felt vulnerable to do this for her. There was an intimacy involved in letting someone watch you pleasure yourself. It was a big ask, she knew. Maybe bigger than he could handle. Yes, he said. I don't let a lot of people see me, the real me. But you? I think I do want to do this for you. I don't want you to if you're not into it, she said. But you want me to do it. Yes, I do. But right now, you have to take responsibility for your own limits. If you don't want to, I won't leave. We'll stop everything, put on a movie. Your call. The silence stretched. Gabrielle waited for his no, but he said yes. Closed his eyes, then he started. And it was the hottest thing Gabrielle had ever seen. He opened his legs wide, leaned back on the couch, getting comfortable. Gabrielle wanted to see everything, and Kenta was a born performer. One finger at a time, pinky first, his fingers accordioned onto himself until his fist was fully wrapped around his dick. He paused, slightly squeezing and releasing. His hand moved up mere millimeters, then back down. Gradually, he picked up speed. Gabrielle's eyes were on his face, his moving hand a blur on the edge of her vision. She was mesmerized by his rhythm. Her eyes drifted from his face to his hand. It slipped up and down, quicker and quicker. His strokes elongated, a push at the base against his belly, stroking up the shaft, a flick at the head, his pinky trailing for a... His pinky trailed behind for a moment, the only finger on the head. A quick re-grasp and another push down against his belly as he repeated the process. Gabrielle's gaze moved back to his face. A change began to contort his features as his pleasure increased and burned. Fully wet, she stood and shed her clothing slowly, never letting her eyes stray from Kenta. Naked, she sat down and spread her legs as wide as his, but didn't touch himself herself. He upped his pace, his breathing fast and shallow. His back arched as he let out little gasps. Gabrielle's eyes flicked from his face to his chest to his hand. His, 
his straining legs, and back to his face. His orgasm bubbled just below the surface. He slowed, lessened the pressure, prolonging the moment of pure pleasure and anticipation that comes just before full-blown orgasm. Gabrielle wasn't surprised to see Kenta delaying pleasure in exchange for time on the edge. He drew it out for as long as he could. She could tell he was close, so close. Kenta, she said, open your eyes. He obeyed, meeting her eyes as he came. She went to him and hovered over his lap. His hands guided her onto his cock before he went fully soft. She slid on smoothly. His, his cock was slippery from his ejaculate. Her legs wrapped around his waist. His hands moved up and down her back, pulling her close so their chests pressed together. Their faces were close, but neither wanted to break eye contact for a kiss just yet. Energy flowed through them. They synced their breathing. Gabrielle inhaling Kenta's exhale. She moved her head to the millimeter. She moved her head the millimeters needed to reach Kenta's lips. He opened to her, not his usual dominating style, but slow, deep, and confirming. As they kissed, he hardened inside Gabrielle. They rocked gently at first, but soon they wanted more. As Kenta thrust up into her, she placed her feet on either side of him so she could slide herself up and down. They created a delicious rhythm, both moaning and panting, heads thrown back. As Kenta approached orgasm for the second time, he dug his fingers into her back even harder and pulled her mouth onto his. He gasped and moaned into her mouth as she savored the sound of his pleasure. They remained entwined for a few minutes. How are you? She asked. There was no smirk, just a smile. That was new. It was good. New? The sexiest man in Japan, Kenta Suzuki, just did something new in bed? I don't believe it. Shut up, you, he said. Wow, I am blessed among women. Shut up. He snaked his hand into her hair and pulled his he her head back so he could have her neck. She giggled and tried to pull away, but couldn't. Wow, I am special. That you are, he said, kissing her. Shall we go to bed? Yes, I'm just going to check in with Shun and I'll be along. When Shun was away, they texted before bed every night. It was a little ritual that she loved. Yes, do that. I told him you were having a rough week and we're losing it over here. She nodded and slipped into the next room, deciding to call instead of texting. Shun picked up on the second ring. Hey, what's up? Are you okay? I heard you've been having an awful week. Why didn't you say something? I'm fine. Yes, it was a bad week. And I didn't want to give it any more energy by unloading it on you while you were away at work. Gabrielle, you should talk to me. I want to know what's going on with you. I will next time, I promise. I tried to cancel on Kenta tonight, but he wouldn't let me. Good, he did the right thing. She sighed. Yes, it was as it turned out, but I was infuriated with him about it. Why be mad at him? He's just trying to take care of you, Shin said. Yeah, but I was just getting shit and orders from everyone this week, and then coming here as you two planned out for me, it was one more order, and I wasn't in the mood. I see what you are saying, his voice trailed off. But we aren't doing that to make you feel powerless. We're doing it because, well, that's how we take care of you, to make sure someone is there for you. It's not easy being a foreigner in Japan. You don't belong to any group. We want to give you that. She let that sink in. She hadn't thought of it that way before. All right, I get it. But that's actually not what I wanted to talk to you about. Well, what's up? So I got here angry. Then, 
Well, Kenta and I, she searched for the right words. We opened to each other a bit more, emotionally, maybe quite a bit more. Shun paused a beat. Why do you want to tell me this? Not telling you would be dishonest. Does this change anything between you and me? He asked. No, I don't think so. I don't want it to. But it felt important, so I thought you should know. So far, the three of them had been very open and honest. Gabrielle wasn't exactly sure where the line was or what she should share, but this felt important. Cool then. Oh, and when Kenta texted me about tonight, I arranged to come home tomorrow. You did what? It's a day off. I was going to stay here, but instead I decided to catch the red eye when I wrapped tonight. I'll be home when you get home in the morning. We'll do a cozy day in together. You don't have to do that. You shoot again the next day. You'll be exhausted. I want to. It'll be a good relaxing day for me, too. I'll be fine. It's a short flight. If you're sure, she said. I'm sure. When you get home tomorrow morning, come straight to bed and curl up with me, okay? Promise. See you soon. Love you. Love you, too. She hung up, feeling cared for and happy and full of love. She crawled into bed beside Kenta, who was just drifting off. He spooned up behind her. Everything good, he asked. Yes, she answered. Everything is great. They held each other, breathing in unison. Gabrielle couldn't keep the silence. She flipped onto an elbow and ran a finger along his jaw. He met her gaze. In each other's eyes, they saw the promises and openness and new commitment. Kenta was raw with vulnerability, and Gabrielle wanted to make sure he was okay. She spoke first. We're different now. Yes, he agreed. We are. She nodded, thinking, unsure. I like it, being more connected and vulnerable with you. Didn't, I didn't expect it, didn't even know I wanted it. But I'm thrilled with this newness between us, he said. Me too. But I don't want things to change all that much. What do you mean? I like how things have been. It's been fun. Control was fun, but only every, only every once in a while. His trademark smirk curled his lips. So what you're saying is, you like it when I'm in control. That makes no sense. Sorry. I was pissed at you today. You wouldn't let me stay home and do what I thought I needed to do. You like it when I'm in charge, he said, his hands on her ass, pulling her torso into his. I wanted to have an alone night tonight when I got home. Mm-hmm. Kenta's stamina kicked in, his words unintelligible as he licked and kissed Gabrielle's neck and ear. His hand twisted up into her hair, pulling her head back. Kenta, stop. I'm talking to you. Stop? You sure? His hand didn't leave her hair, his lips dancing over her skin. No, she moaned as his teeth came out. But I did want to be alone tonight. She refused to give up her point, despite Kenta derailing the conversation. He rolled her onto her back, laying between her legs, which spread without her even thinking about it. Aren't you glad you're not, though? Shut up and fuck me, she replied, finally giving up. He smiled. He smiled and te- Oh, God damn it, this is wrong. He smiled teasingly. Enjoy that order. That's the last one you'll be giving me for a long time. Pulling soft Velcro cuffs out of nowhere, he pushed her hands up over her head and cuffed them together. Slowly, he moved down her body, alternating feather-like kisses with bites, all the way down to her pussy, where her tongue swirled and curved and kneaded at her clit. 
deal, she let out a gasp. Thought so, he said before his tongue resumed working her pussy. And that is the end of chapter 12. I am going to stop there. Uh, if you are enjoying this story, please like, rate, and review this podcast. It really helps me get some momentum going and helps to defray some of the costs in putting this out here for you. If you have a buck or two to spare and you want to support me, head over to jenwadke.com. You can buy this book direct from my website for $3.99 or I have another short story, uh, Dance Desire, which I quite love for a mere 99 cents. Thank you for listening. And I will catch you next time on Steamy Stories. Thanks for listening.